Hi everyone, I'm Libby Campbell and welcome to TIC, Teachers Inspiring and Collaborating Knowledge. Are you looking for some new teaching ideas? Are you looking for some inspiration with what you do in the classroom now? Is something not working for you and you're just willing to try something new? Then this podcast is for you. Each week, I get to talk with everyday people about ideas and practices, tips and tricks that have worked for them, and then I get to share these with you while you're on the go. Enjoy. In this week's episode, I'm doing something a little bit different. Our topic is boys and education. I'd like to share this topic over two weeks with two different guests. Teaching boys is something I'm very interested in, having two teenage boys myself, But when researching for this topic, it's very interesting to gain an insight into why and how boys behave the way they do. Today, we will listen to Greg. Greg is a primary school teacher and, of course, is male. My second guest we will listen to next week is Ali, who is female and is a secondary school teacher. I think it's most interesting talking about the same topic with two different people. They both bring to the table valuable perspectives just simply because of who they are and their experiences. This topic is very relevant to all teachers, I think. Well, if if you think about it, statistically speaking, it involves half their class. I have seen this phenomenon of boys disengaging from what is being taught time and time again in my teaching experience. And it's been happening for a while. I'm speaking generally here, of course, as it's not every boy that finds school difficult or has a dislike to school. After speaking to Greg and Ali, it seems as though this is true for them as well. I do mention a few resources in the course of our conversation today and next week, and they can all be found in my show notes at tickteaching.com. Have a listen to Greg. Hi, Greg. Welcome to TIC. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Um, today we're talking about boys in education. Um, but before we get there, just tell us a bit about your background. Where did you grow up? What's your story? Okay. I grew up in a little country town called Canaveral, about 3,000 people. Um, and then at the age of 11, I got sent to boarding school. Um, 11? At 11. Oh I was goodness. a young one. was going to year 7. And, and yeah, very young. And I know my boys now are... You know, they're still my babies and they're teenagers, so there was no way in the world I'd send them over at that age, but anyway, that's the way it worked. And so I went to Bathurst for a while, and then after three years there, I ended up um, at school in Sydney and finished there. And yeah, now I'm in Dubbo. There you go. Yeah. And how long have you been teaching for? Oh, about 21 years. Yeah. Nice. So what was your education experience like when you were at school? All positive. Um, Catholic school, primary school in Canamble, Catholic school, boarding school in Bathurst, and then Catholic school in Sydney, and um, all positive experiences. Oh, that's um, good. Great time. Yeah. Great time. And I know people say now, can't wait to finish school. And I know I've got a boy that's going into year 12 now, and he says that, and I'm like, don't wish it away. Yes. Do not wish it away. Yeah. You have the best years of your life. That's yeah. it. So you had no issues with. Um, you know, if we're talking about boys in education, how, you know, they fall behind or they struggle with um, sitting still and being organised. Did you have any of those issues you look, that you remember? You look back now, I definitely didn't have any of those, but I had a, I've got a brother that 
I've self-diagnosed him yeah. um, now in, in his 40s that, uh, yeah, there's ADHD, um, I'm sure, in my brother. But those labels weren't around when yeah. when I was growing up and whether it was at the, the cane was still around when I was in school <laughs> as well. So whether they that sort of changed attitudes, yeah. I don't know, yeah. fear okay. and humiliation because it always happened in front of the class when yeah. I was at school. Um, but so it didn't really change you or have any effect on you as no, such? Yeah. No, yeah. no. I was, um, yeah, I won't say I was goody two-shoes, but I was average mm-hmm. sort of middle-of-range kid. Yeah. Not, not the ducks at the school, but not the bottom. Um, and I wasn't, um, yeah, I was a listener and I was a typical boy. You were one of the lucky ones then. Mm. Um, I found a paper online uh, written by several educationalists um, called Gender Differences in Year 6 to 7 Literacy and Numeracy Transition Outcomes. And a synopsis of their research showed that girls perform, girls outperform boys in reading and writing. And the gap between girls and boys in reading is greater than the, the gap between boys and girls in mathematics. And that the boys' poor reading links with poor engagement in learning and the risk of leaving school early. And I think that's a, a bit of an aha moment there, mm. how boys can, generally speaking, I'm not saying all boys, mm. but, um, you know, they can leave, they're tending to leave school sooner yeah, well, than girls. I know a lot of boys that simply do not like school. Yeah. They, when it comes to, especially in this area where we've got huge industry in regard to, um, at the moment, development, um, so there's a huge demand for trades. We've mm. got the abattoirs in town. Um, there's a lot of students that I know will go straight into a trade. Mm. Whether they finish year 12 or whether they finish early, um, that depends on the parent and the child, of yeah. course. But I know of so many kids that, boys that, yeah, they're just ready to leave school. And at, at a younger age too. Yes. And I know of a couple that, uh, look, they, you know, they're pushing... In the old days of just getting a high school certificate or your school certificate, it wasn't. It's now these kids might as well just go out at 16. Yeah. Whether they've got the maturity and the social skills, I don't know, but um, some of them are just meant to get out of there, yes. do their TAFE course and do an apprenticeship. Because I, my next question was, do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? But I think it's very individual. Mm, it's 100% individual, yeah. yes. But like I was saying, with some kids, I would still they still need to, I think, finish school so that they're at the age of you know 18 because they're going to be you know socializing with grown men and sometimes women mm-hmm. and um you know to go and get a beer and have a beer at the end of work at the age of 16 and what yeah. they talk about on the job site it unless those kids are socially well aware of what you know, language and, and all the rest and, and socially grown, ready. grown up topics and socially yes. ready. Yeah, yeah exactly do you think as teachers, we have a responsibility to keep kids at school, or in particular, boys at school. Like, is there something we can do? You're primary trained. Mm. Like, do we have some sort of responsibility to our boys in that those first six, seven years of, of primary schooling? I don't know how we would control that. Um, we it would be very hard. A lot of things happen from year six to, let's say, year 10. Um, and there's a lot of growing, both mentally and physically. Don't know how a primary school teacher would be able to do that unless we build up rapport with that person that's ongoing when they finish school. And 
that's very hard to do that with all kids. Mm. Some kids you naturally do do that yeah. with a link with a family, etc. I'd like to think that we could help give them advice in later you know, years when they're thinking about doing that. But I don't know, Liv, that's, that's a hard one. <laughs> Sorry. I'll just throw that one in. So in your primary school teaching experience, has there been a difference in the way boys learn compared to girls? There's been a change in the teaching for 20-odd years. There, I've seen changes just in that, that time frame. And I know everything happens in cycles, but some things are fads, some things aren't. Mm. You mentioned about maths and English before. Um, I still believe that boys love competition, and that's why I think maths, they go really well. There's no black and white. It is black and white. You're either wrong or you're right, and they like, let's say, the decoding it and trying to figure it out, as opposed to English. The changes that I'd see, whether it be a fad, uh, more comes from, I'd say, the teacher approach as well. Okay. Um, if that teacher has the rapport with the kids, then they, he or she, um, can do a lot more with the class and be a lot more flexible. If they don't, boys pick up on so much. Oh, yes. If, they, yeah. if that teacher's disorganised for the day, those boys will they'll know. Yeah. And if that teacher also doesn't like boys, let's say they don't have a good attitude towards boys, they know that too. Mm. There's a lot of little things. They'll pick up on the mood of the teacher and some of the boys will nitpick and make fun out, you know, have fun with that. Um, But do you think um, being a male teacher helps you with boys, with your teaching? I'll say yes and no. It depends on the individual. Okay. I have rapport with, with... Boys and girls, obviously, as a teacher, as also as the disciplinarian, you know, being charged the majority of discipline in my school, I do have more issues with boys than girls, and more, I spend more time with the boys in regard to discipline. Um, so being a male school teacher, which is not many of us, um, I've built up rapport with both boys and girls. Um, the rapport is so important, and it's, it's also good if you can have a rapport with the families. That's, okay. that's huge. If you can have a rapport from outside school, whether it be those ones where incidentals where my boys have played football or soccer with those other boys and you get to see them on the weekends, or you just go down there on a whim just to watch those kids in the, you know, play netball or football or whatever it is, and then you go in the classroom and you talk about it. That has a huge impact. Huge, huge impact. Yeah. Unbelievable impact. And I see it with my wife. She'll make a point of going down there and watching, you know, she's having discipline issues with this kid. So she'll go down and make sure she's watching that boy play football because yeah. we might be down there anyway. But she'll make a point of that he sees her and makes her job a yeah. lot easier too and better in the classroom for everyone. Teaching's not nine till three, that's no, for sure. No, it's definitely not, yeah. no. So what about behaviour? What sort of differences do you see in boys' behaviour compared to girls? Um... Girls can be, you know, general statement, obviously. That's a lot that you don't see until it explodes. It happens sort of, and it drags on and drags on. Boys will happen very quickly and it'll explode also, a lot of the time. But as I was saying earlier, that, you know, the boys know what's going on. They'll, they'll figure a lot of things out towards the teacher. And so sometimes that their, their behaviour can be deliberate to, right. you know, disturb class um, things. And the boys will... One of the things I do know about boys is that they love things to be fair. 
things must be fair. So my thing is, if anyone says, what's the important thing of being a teacher? Be tough, yet be fair. Um, and the boys will whinge about a lot of things too. Mm. Don't you worry. Whether it be temperature in the classroom or, you know, something that you weren't fair and you treat the girls differently. So, Greg, have you got a story to demonstrate this with the differences in boys and girls? Oh, Libby, there's so many stories I've had from 20-odd years out there. Um, As I said, I deal with a lot of the discipline things and the perpetual liar of the kids when you, you know, you know the truth, you've Mm. caught them out. And I had this young boy that I knew was telling me lies and it involved a lot of people. I can't remember the actual incident now. And the, the night before, I happened to watch, quite a few years ago, CSI. And they caught this person out lying because he looked down and to the left. Apparently, that's, you know, Hollywood, down to the left, that means you're a liar. <laughs> anyway, and I told the boy this, and he was looking down to the left. And so he came clean and told me the whole, whole truth. And wow. So. And was that a uh, first for him? Telling the truth, yeah. possibly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's been ongoing <laughs> since then either. But... Um, yeah, so it's an act. Yeah. But definitely, you know, it's an act and teachers are being an act and, and a lot of it is, you know, just have to be confident and a step ahead of the kids a lot yeah. of the time. Easier said than done at times. Mm. So, Greg, now I want to talk to you about uh, this blog post that I found from kidspot.com.au. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to rattle off some of the strategies that this person has used to what they find helpful in the classroom and then if you can just say yes you agree with it and if you have a little story to go with it great that's great um boys require more physical activity agree but also too they can't play on it and i believe that it has to be done as a as a class so shorter lessons where possible i know there was a fad there for a while where you know standing up to do things in the class and um and that might be an individual thing. There's also the sensory tools that were... Ah, uh, yes. That Those little work. cubes. Or whatever thing, it was, yeah. you know, things that they end up sucking on or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a good time of year to... Or good time to go <laughs> sucking on things and then sharing them around the classroom. But, um, <laughs> yeah, physical activity, yes. And I know the, the fundamental movements we've done at our school for a while where we... You'd take them out at the start of the day. Um, we've lengthened time where they would play. But you've also, we've had areas where the kids might want to play. So we've created an area where they can go and not be as physical. Okay. Okay, it's a passive play area we have where they, we've got games where the kids can sit, play Uno or Lego or whatever it might be. And that's used equally with girls and boys? And they can go there. Okay. Yep. And so really, and we've changed the time frame of the day. So we have a two-hour morning block, which is our literacy block, and we will do some, our crunch and sip within that halfway mark. And also at the start of the day, we'll do some physical activity. Mm-hmm. They go out to lunch first because nutrition is important. And a lot of the kids we found that weren't eating enough before school. So we'd have lunch first for nearly an hour. Mm-hmm. And then we'd have a two hour block. And then we would have our morning, sorry, our little lunch, if you call it that, our yeah. afternoon recess. And then we have an hour. So you've got plenty of activity there where the kids are running around. Yep. Okay. Boys need more hands-on tasks rather than communicative tasks. True, and it's very important that um, shorten up the lessons mm-hmm. where possible. Yep. And with, um, with uh, the hands-on tasks, it's important that um, you still need to mix it up. 
The hands-on tasks need to be across the board for the whole class, boys and girls, obviously. Mm. Um, with in relation to science, um, there's some wonderful things out there now, but mm. also maths. We're we're doing it at our school, our PLC, professional learning communities, and um, it's important that we keep the interests up within the kids. And within that, we will try and split the kids into groups, into smaller groups where they'll be doing hands-on tasks, especially in relation to maths. So if we're doing a, a block on volume capacity, we'll be actually playing, mm-hmm. you know, with containers and water. And, yeah, we love those two weeks. You've got to yes. be super organised, but the kids love it. Um, yeah, so things like that. The yeah. science. English, um, I think getting away from, even though it's not hands-on, but reading for the enjoyment of it. Um, I think and now, and to mix up the reading, not just have chapter books, let's have some magazines, let's yeah. have, there's so many things out there, newspapers, we don't seem to have newspapers no. in schools anymore, no. I can't remember the last time I actually bought a newspaper, but yeah, it's all online. That's, well, yeah, yeah, exactly, um, I was, there was something I read, especially with young students, the reading and writing, like there's such an essential part mm. of their learning those first few years, but it's about putting the emphasis, when you emphasise the mechanics of reading and writing, you're putting an emphasis on decoding words and proper penmanship and spelling. You create barriers for young boys mm. who may just not be physically or biologically ready. And, mm. you know, that comes from uh, a blog post, Seven Ways Teachers Can Make School Better for Boys with Jennifer Fink. Um, very interesting blog. But, yeah, and she talks about just reading for enjoyment and concentrating mm. on being imaginative and just reading books to kids. And it's also, too, there's so many things out there now, even if it's not reading, it's listening to podcasts. Yeah. It's getting on sites like Audible. Yeah. My boys still talk about, you know, we sit in the car, being out in the bush now, we sit in cars for great lengths of time to go anywhere. So we are listening to Audible or podcasts quite a lot, if I can get them off their social media. But anyone that's listening to this need to download a story called Jack and Harry. It does go for about 13 hours, but we still talk about it as a family. It is the best story we've ever, wow. ever heard. And we've recommended to families and they will message us from Central Australia you know, when they're allowed to travel yeah. to say, how good is that story? Is there a second one? My boys are addicted to listening to stories in the car. They love it. That's really so, good. And that is listening for yeah. enjoyment, I suppose. So how do you see the future of boys' education? The future of boys' education will look, we'll battle against social media and the likes of that for boys and girls. Mm. I think technology in general, really. Well, social media in my house is the issue of late. So, um, look, it it comes down again to the teacher. Um, We need to build up that rapport with the boys and the girls. But I can't see too many changes. Um, Smaller class size, one-on-one sort of situations where there's some... where there's um, intervention um, is important. If we continue along those lines to get those kids before they fall through the cracks, that's important. Um, and there's a multitude of things out there, whether it be multi-lit, mini-lit, um, quick-smart for mathematics. There is a multitude of those things. Um, also, there seems to be a movement away from homework within um, schools. The kids love that, of course. But then how do we involve the parents in their learning then too? And that, I think that's very vital. Mm. Look, I'm a fan of homework. Okay. Um, but in saying that also, I'm not a fan. I'm a fan of giving it as a teacher. I don't mind marking it. 
but then fighting my boys to do it at a, at a good quality at home, yes. that's another story. Yeah. So I do know where the, why the parents don't, I shouldn't say that, very general statement, why the parents, mm. a lot of parents don't like it. And I understand why the kids, majority of kids, don't like it. But we need to involve the parents in yeah. education in regard to that. And so homework is a good yeah. way to do that. Yep. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be the standard homework, fill out these sheets. Can we help parents to, in the old grid type thing? I won't say old, it has, everything happens in a cycle, where they have to do so many things on a a grid uh, yes. where they can choose six or six, six or seven things. Where they, it might be a cultural thing. It might be a musical instrument. It might be going to a Anzac march. It might yeah. be something they do weekly. Whether it be a, going shopping with mum, just a family task as well, and a little bit of reading. I'm chucked in on the side. Yeah, reading so important. Mm. Oh well, Greg. Now it's time for our fast finishes. Mm. So it's whatever pops into your mind first. What's your favourite subject to teach and why? Maths. Probably like I said, okay. you're either right or you're wrong, yeah. and I'm a boy. <laughs> <laughs> what would you be if you weren't a teacher? Two very differing things. I'd love to be a farmer and, or a social worker. Oh, and there I, you go. I, when I first finished school, I tried to get into social work, and yeah. I chopped and changed all the time and ended up taking a couple of years off, actual farming for a little while, and um, then I fell into teaching because I thought there's social work in that as well. What's something you did today that went well? Got my boy out of bed at a decent hour. <laughs> and that's an achievement, as he's in the background here pretending not to listen to me. <laughs> what makes you happy? Uh, what makes it happy? Rain. Uh, Rain is fantastic. And we're going, it's nice and green, as you can see. It's yeah, it's now. beautiful, isn't mm. it? It's the first day of your holidays. What do you do? I know naturally people would say sleep. I'd write myself a job list because I want to make the most of our, our holiday. Ah, okay. And so far I'm playing catch-up. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> One thing that helps you deal with stress? Um, probably physical activity, whether it be a run, mm-hmm. whether it be playing cricket in the backyard with the boys. They're a bit, a bit too big now to play football and it hurts too much in the backyard. <laughs> or playing touch football. There's a group of us that play touch football and catch up afterwards for a oh, meal. Yeah. And, and a beer and just to yeah just relax oh good tell us about a time personally or professionally where you made a mistake but learnt something very valuable oh daily um I'm still thinking um make mistakes on a daily basis of course um I'll say that um probably saying yes too many times and not being able to say no Um, but while there I was on a lot of committees coaching all different things, which I enjoyed, mm-hmm. building up rapport with a lot of families and a lot of people within the community here in Dubbo. But as the boys have got a bit older, I've been able to say no, and we're taking on a little oh, farm out of here now, so yeah. I really enjoy free time. I won't say free time, because the hobby of farming, um, I'm enjoying that so much more now from that time when I couldn't do it. Oh, yeah. wow. And I wasn't constricted by time. Fantastic. Yeah. What is your favourite book? I do read a lot. There's probably two or three. We've talked about Jack and Harry, the audio book, but it had to be Wonder. Wonder God, uh. I did not know a thing about Wonder, and our wonderful librarian at the time, Bernadette, she gave me this book and said, you have to read this book, you'll not put it down. Mm. And for so many, I reckon that, uh, or I think, that that author would owe me a commission because I give that book as so many gifts. But it's got so popular now and it's a movie too. Yes, so. the movie's, yeah. in, it, the movie's good, but the book is better. Mm. 
But there's also, too, there's a series of uh, John Mars and um, Good Aussie Rider. Okay. Um, Tomorrow When the War Began. Cannot put that, that series down. I haven't read so that one. I read it twice. Good what? boy book, too. Ah. It's got guns. Yes. And, um, and probably action. a lot of action. Mm-hmm. And probably got a lot of fart and poo jokes in there as well. Oh. That's the boys love. So I don't know. <laughs> what are you grateful for? What am I grateful for? Okay, I'm grateful for the mild summer we have had. Oh, yes, hasn't it been beautiful? It's been fantastic. What's a fun fact about you? Fun fact about me, apart from actually loving podcasts, um, I reckon, I think I've read seven books these holidays. Oh. And every book, every time I um, have holidays, I cannot stop reading. Fantastic. Um, anyway. Good for you. you. <laughs> well, Craig, thank you very much for um, sharing your stories and your expertise with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate it. I hope you're able to get something valuable out of it like I did when I was talking to our guest. Just a quick note that ideas in today's episode are educated opinions of the guest. Always inform yourself and work out what best suits you and your lifestyle before trying other people's ideas. If you would like to know more, be a guest or contribute constructive feedback, visit our website at tickteaching.com. If you liked what you heard today, Subscribe and share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Looking forward to doing it all again next week. And until next time, love your kids, love yourself, take care.